The NAESP Principal Podcast is sponsored by the National Association of Elementary School Principals, supporting our nation's leaders from preschool through eighth grade. Whether you're looking to develop your professional learning network, extra liability coverage at a fraction of the cost, or you want to level up your professional development, NAESP has you covered. Hello, principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I am an elementary principal in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an elementary principal in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. So Adam and I are just so excited to be bringing you all this NAESP Principal Podcast so we can talk about real ideas with amazing principles to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the job hunt. This is the perfect time of year to be thinking and looking and updating so you can put yourself in the best position possible to find that just right leadership position. Now, Rachel, when I think about the job hunt, I think about so many different ideas in different strands. What is the first one that comes to mind that we should talk about with people? Oh man, there's so many. Uh, Let's start off by going into knowing the district or the people. So trying to find that right fit. I mean, it's almost like dating, right? Like if you're with the wrong person, doesn't matter how good you are at your job, you're not going to like it. So what are your thoughts on how to find that really good fit before you interview and start applying for jobs? Well, I would say remind yourself now, write it on a post-it note. It's not you, it's them. They just weren't a good fit for you because I know when I was a young aspiring teacher and I didn't get that first vice principal job that I applied for, I took it a little bit personal and I had to develop my thicker skin when they said it wasn't a good fit. It's really not a good fit. First and foremost, go to social media, look at their social media feeds. If it's not the district that you currently work in, build your PLN to talk with people that work in the district, do like small interviews with people or just over social media. What do you like? What are your frustrations? I took it a step further. When I was an assistant principal looking to become a principal, I actually emailed numerous superintendents in my area and asked to meet with them either on the phone or for coffee. And I actually met with a few in person just to talk with them and Superintendents are busy, but recruiting leadership is really, really important. And I would hope that people would make the time to have conversations because you can ask them, what are you most proud of? What are your biggest challenges? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because a district's website tells one story, but the leadership in that district can say, well, that was the old administration. This is the way that we are going, or this is the way that I'm trying to take the district. And then you decide if you think that's a, a train or a journey that, that you would like to be on. Um, I know you've made some moves in your career, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel, actually like moving from you know one town to another uh, in Oregon. What recommendations would you have when preparing yeah. for, for that? So I tapped into friends that I had throughout the state. So I moved from central Oregon down to Southern Oregon and then Southern Oregon up to the metro area. So I kind of did a big hop across the state multiple times. And each of those situations and circumstances, I called friends that were up in the area and I asked them for the down low. What do you know about the district? Uh, 
I Googled them all over the internet to find out past drama that they've had that have hit the news, who's in the different spots. Uh, and then shoulder tapped building principles that were in those districts that I knew or knew through. And, you know, it's funny because I get a lot of calls from different colleagues that are looking to move and they're like, what do you know about this district? Had recently a guy from Alaska reach out. Hey, what do you know about this district? So it's all about like who you're connected to and who you can utilize to help connect to the other person. So that way you can figure out if it's a good fit. Have also realized through some wine and dine moments with different superintendents and districts that the perspective of the superintendent is not always necessarily the case in the district itself. So for example, if you'd go talk to some of the different teachers or the other principals, their perspective and take on what the initiatives are, what the pros and cons are, it might be completely different than what the superintendent has in mind. And again, all those perspectives matter and that all should come into play when you decide if it's a really, really good fit for you. And that actually was probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I had working on my dissertation from a woman superintendent was you need to know if it's a good fit for you. And if you start in a district and as the board changes or leadership changes, if that shifts, you know that that's a time for you to then move out and then to go find another location. Fit is everything. Yeah, I think what you said about talking to people that aren't the superintendent is really important because I think the average tenure of a superintendent is three to five years. So mm -hmm. the chances are that principals and especially teachers are going to be there longer than the superintendent. So just keep that in mind as you're, as you're looking. And some people say, follow people like, oh, I'm going to go work with that superintendent. And I do believe that. And I tried to do that one time. I got hired. And then when I was signing my paperwork, the person said, oh, yeah, and I'm actually leaving in two weeks to go work somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they weren't the only reason why I went there. But I'm like, oh, OK, so, you know, take it all with with a grain of salt, I think. And you got to you got to do what's best for you and your family and think about commute and all those things, because mm -hmm. I know when you're looking for that new job, oh, the commute isn't that isn't that bad. Well, if you're saying that, the commute is probably that bad. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to commute for your job, then really take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about paperwork and making your resume stand out and, and letters of recommendation and, and all of that? I know we've been on the other side of the table where we've been on committees to hire principals. What are some things that you would recommend to people in that aspect? Mm -hmm. You know, I think folks wait too long to update their resume. I think they tend to go a year or two and then they start job hunting and then they realize, oh man, I need to pull this out of Google Drive and add all of the work that I've done over the last couple of years. And I think that's party file number one, right? Because it's hard to go back and remember all those different pieces. But the second thing that I would love your insight on is how long the resume should be. Because I go back and forth with this. You always hear it should be a one pager. But I gotta, I gotta be honest, <laughs> like when I cyber stock superintendents that get jobs and you know how they post their resumes on the new district website, there are multiple pages long and these people are getting paid big bucks. And so one of the different leadership hacks that I've always had could be good, could be bad, is to watch the people that have gone before me that have been successful and see if there's some commonality and steps. And so I personally have expanded my resume beyond one page but what do you do is yours one or multiple what do you think oh i just want to know who the person was that said it should be one page because i don't agree with that here's the deal if you're a teacher looking to become an assistant principal your resume should be one page if you have been an assistant principal for 
two years and you're looking to become a principal, your resume should probably be a page because it's based on what you have done. If you've been a principal for six to 10 years and you're looking to move or go somewhere else, you have a lot of experience. Your resume should be longer than a page. So I think that goes along with letters of recommendation. Most districts will say a minimum of three letters of recommendation. That's a minimum, people. When I was applying to be an assistant principal, from assistant principal to principal, I had 12 or 13 letters of recommendation. And they weren't from people just at the school randomly. It was my supervisors. It was people at the district office that I had done work with. It was from the office manager. It was from people that actually did a lot at the school that worked directly with you. So I think it really, it just depends and don't feel that you need to fit the quote unquote mold or take the advice from people that maybe even haven't interviewed for a job in 20 years. The game is a little bit different. And I think that goes to, don't just have your eyeballs on your resume. I have people all the time from all over the country send me their resume, say, hey, what do you think? And I'll give my input because every district's a little bit different. So once you've made those connections, going back to the first piece in that new district, say, hey, would you mind looking at my resume? And there might be a principal there that'll say, hey, actually here, this is what they like based on my experience. So then, you know, cater a little bit to there. And you're not cheating. You're just doing reconnaissance that's going to help <laughs> help your leadership uh, chances with getting, you know, getting eyeballs in, in front of your resume. And I want to know your opinion on this, Rachel, because I think the resume is one piece, but I'm sure HR directors and superintendents will also Google the at least final round candidates. What advice do you have for people about their social media and about their digital footprint? Mm -hmm. They should for sure Google you, right? And you should be Googling, Googling the district as well. Uh, but let's see, I would encourage you to make sure your social media is clean. There are some districts that are highly political and they don't mind if you have political stuff on your social media accounts. But I got to tell you, there's also some that don't like that. They like to be pretty neutral. So that ties back into know where you're applying, know that culture. Um, Firstly, would encourage you not to have a bunch of alcohol pictures or, you know, like your college year pictures in public. So if you need to go through your Facebook account or your Twitter feed or profile, set it to private, add those different privacy settings on. So it just includes your friends. You know, when I was looking at moving across the state, I wasn't really connected into Twitter at the time. And I was trying to figure out all I could on the superintendent that was going to do a site visit. Lo and behold, she was tweeting about coming to my school. And at that point I was like, what? Okay. Here's her digital footprint. And then I figured if she was tweeting about me, um, I wonder what, what's on there about me. I'm sure she's Googled me. And so I started searching myself to figure out what my footprint is and then really shifted my mindset to how marketable that is or how damaging perhaps, depending on what you have posted. So I think that's something that people really need to think about. I know I've had a lot of conversations with different folks about cleaning it up, uh, setting it to private, especially when they shift to teacher mode into principal. That's a big change, really, really big change for folks. I'd like to say freedom of speech exists for everybody and it totally does, but I think you're also a public figure that needs to be mindful about what you're putting out and how that fits into your community or the next job that you want. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Keeping it clean, the political posts, 
if you put political stuff out there, maybe you keep it on your Instagram and your Instagram is private. You know, I think how I look at it is my Twitter is for Adam as an educator mm -hmm. and my Facebook is for Adam as a human with my family. And yeah, I will put some education stuff on there, but I can also put other stuff on there. And then Instagram is skiing and, and running and maybe like some political stuff. So uh, every, every app and every social media platform is a little bit different, but I think for the most part, a, a potential job is not going to be connected with me on Facebook. They're going to be connected with me on Twitter. So if any social media platform you really keep clean and keep professional, I would recommend that be, uh, that be Twitter. So what else, Rachel? There's so many things that we can talk about with people that are looking for jobs, uh, you know, interview hacks and tips. Here's like, I don't even know. I'm not going to give you a number. I'm just going to go through them. Smile in the interview. I have been on the other side of the table where candidates just don't even smile. Keep it professional, but show people who you are. You're going to be working with kids. You're already working with kids. Just because you're looking for your first principal job or your third principal job, show people that you are a human being and that you like kids. And number two, talk about kids. Leadership is important and making sure that you know the budget and that you can do schedules and discipline and all that stuff. But are you going to be able to talk to kids and build relationships with kids? And especially if you're going to a new district where they don't know you, that's where that fit comes in because they could have said, hey, you know, we were kind of looking for somebody more personable. And afterwards you're thinking, but I am personable, but you didn't show them that in the interview. And I would say those are my top two hacks or tips, not even hacks, just tips is be yourself, smile, laugh when appropriate, and talk about kids and talk about relationships. Because I know when I would interview for a teacher, okay, they've been to school, they have their credential, they know how to do a lesson plan. I'm not so much worried about their 25-step lesson plan that they did in student teaching. I want to know what are they going to be like when this, this, or this. And I think a lot of that personality comes out and you should have it come out in the interview. Mm -hmm. I love those, especially the connecting it back to kids. That's something that I always look for. I would also add that you need to know your audience. Always figure out who is sitting around the table during the interview. You can kind of reposition how you respond to some of the different questions still while being authentically you. For example, if there's some teachers that are sitting on the panel, your answer should be a little different than if it was like the district office cabinet level, hands down. And those conversations, even in real life, are very different when you're in an admin meeting versus when you're in a staff meeting with teachers. The second piece is that I think you need to be cognizant about your humor. Uh, for one, I've had some big missteps with that. I really think like the joke is hilarious and it just lands flat. And then it's like an awkward moment. I've actually had some feedback to really Wait, you check told that. a joke and it wasn't appropriate? Uh, yeah, right? Oh. Shocker right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they ended up, it was um, for a big school district and they asked me how I go about making my decisions as a leader. And like, duh, right? Of course you always make decisions that are legal um, and like, totally lawful. And I'm like, well, first you need to make sure it's legal. And that that's like 
step number one box that you check off. And I paused because I was really joking like that. That's a given. And it was crickets. And I was like the only one laughing. And so, you know, muddled through the rest of it. Needless to say, I didn't make it to the next round. And when I asked for feedback, you know what it was? It was that response right there. Me trying to be humorous fell on deaf ears. So uh, make sure if you're going to say something, I guess that it's really funny. <laughs> don't use my sense of humor. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, here's another tip too, with people and everybody, everybody listening, you live in different areas of this country. So the amount of jobs that are available to you depends where I live and in, in the Bay area of California, there's probably 15 school districts within a 45 minute drive. So there's a lot of different opportunities. And I know one question that I do get a lot on social media and in person from people that are looking for their first admin job, or they're looking to move somewhere else is, you know, there's just not a lot of opportunities. Well, I think something that has helped that I've done is actually apply for jobs that maybe are farther away, maybe that you don't even want. And I had a very good friend who's a former superintendent, retired now. He's told me, don't apply for jobs that you don't intend on accepting. And I hear that, but I would also say it's a really good exercise in learning about another district, going through the process. And some people may disagree with that and that's fine, but also you may realize, hey, I actually like that district and it's going to be worth the 30 minute or hour drive, at least for a period of time, because you can't, you, you, you can practice interviewing with your friends, like mock-up interviews, but it's not the same because your nerves are not the same. You're not going to dress the same. You're not going to think the same. And I think applying for those jobs that either may be you don't want maybe a little bit too far, maybe a little bit too far of a reach, depending on your leadership, um, just your leadership experience so far. I think it's totally healthy and, and really good. Again, going back to the theme of dating, it's kind of like dating. It's just going on dates, going through interviews, and you might be pleasantly surprised, or I've had friends that have done that. And then the superintendent will call them after and say, you know what, I don't think you're a good fit, this or that, but you know what, I know another district and a superintendent and I'm gonna call them and let them know about you. It's also just building connections. So I would say open up your scope of where you think you wanna work and go through those process. Oh, completely agree. It's interesting, I had the same same advice that was given to me when I started applying for admin jobs was apply to any and all. And it's all going to be great practice for when you finally land the right one, because that's going to be the right fit and things always come together for a reason. So just get out there and start applying. I think now being in the position for this is year 10 as a principal and I live up on the mountain, I have a radius of where I would look for jobs and I wouldn't, I don't want to relocate while, you know, I have in the past. So I would keep it within my little radius of hundreds of miles of what I'm super happy with and interview the heck out of it, right? You're going to get better every time. It's just like doing, um, you know, like a game practice and getting those reps in. So when it's finally game time, you're ready to just be a superstar and kill it. Did you say a hundred miles? You would drive a hundred miles from your front door yeah, yeah, to a yeah. job? Well, disclaimer. Oh my friend, gosh. I'm like five not, miles. <laughs> I'm not in California, man. I can commute 15, 20 miles every day to work. And it's like oh, 15, wow. 20 minutes. Like you That's can not speed. Bad. Traffic's not bad. not bad at That's all. That's not bad. So how about this? You are a teacher or an assistant principal or a principal, and you're looking for a new job. What do you, do you let the people 
know that you are working with that you are applying for a job because mm-hmm. you are undoubtedly going to ask some of those people if you're an assistant principal and you're looking for your first principal job you're you should be asking people at your school for a letter of recommendation obviously your principal and hopefully they'll keep it quiet but I always got a letter of recommendation from one of the teachers that I worked closely mm-hmm. with but what if people come up to you how about this scenario Rachel are you applying for jobs what do you say what is your advice yeah. Um, so I can't play poker. I'm super bad at lying and you can just see it all over my face. So I don't, and I just play it as it is. So I would respond of, yeah, applying for some admin gigs. Who knows what will happen? I love my job here, but also ready to take that next step. Who knows if it'll work out, but I'm going to throw my name in the hat. It's really, really good experience. I would have that same conversation with my supervisor, even as a building principal, when I've looked at district office spots or other principalships in different locations, always super transparent. I actually say that's probably one of the fastest ways to upset your boss or some of your colleagues is when you keep it under the radar and it comes out of left field or you take the job and they didn't ever call your reference and your principal didn't know you were doing that. Like bad, bad taste in your supervisor's mouth. And the thing is, education's a small world principles and leadership small world like that will come back on you so just be upfront be honest i think the one time that maybe it might be different advice is depending on the situation or the environment you're in like if it's a negative hostile one or you think that there's going to be some level of retaliation i might think differently about sharing that information but otherwise i tend to be an open book what about you yeah so i think it I think it depends. I think telling your supervisor is always a good idea. It is easier to, to be honest, not that I would ever be (laughs) dishonest. I just wouldn't reveal the entire story. It's easier to be honest if you are a teacher or an assistant principal. If you are a principal and you are looking to go laterally somewhere else as a principal, that's a harder, Mm -hmm. it's harder for me to tell people the whole truth. Um, I personally I, ha- I can put a poker face on. So I've made sure that I only, I get a letter of recommendation from a teacher that I know is confidential. And if people ask me, I personally would say, no, 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 because what if it doesn't work out? And I know people that have done this, they've been principals, they've looked, they've interviewed. And then now one or two people knows, the entire community knows that you're trying to go somewhere else, which is part of life. That's an okay thing, but to what you said, it can put a bad taste in people's mouths and they maybe look at you a different way and they think you're, you're a lame duck and that you're not going to do anything. And so I, I do think, you know, telling your supervisor first and foremost, but just tell as few people as possible and do not tell people until it is board approved. Mm-hmm. I've, I've known of people that have put it on social media, like got a new job. And then the school board, the, the school board where you're going, hears about that, or somebody says something and the board doesn't know, and you're not board approved. Don't do that. It's, I know you're excited. Keep your mouth closed, use discretion. You can put it on social media and tell your friends once it's board approved, but just, just wait until it's board approved. Mm-hmm. No, completely. I think my fear is what it shows up in the newspaper. I don't know about down in California, but in Oregon, especially our big districts, they post profile pictures and bios of all the finalists, especially when you're looking at district office or superintendent stuff. And even principals like Ben Lapine 
love them. Super competitive. Like they have hundreds of people that apply. They'll put their top three in the newspaper. They invite the community to come attend. The community gets a vote. It's super engaging, very community based, but it's public. And that's where I'd rather have my community hear it from me if it gets to that level for sure. So I don't know. It's a tricky, it's a tricky walk for sure. Yeah. So I think maybe to wrap up my only other advice for people is to broaden your leadership experience in what you can talk about as much as possible. So being on the curriculum council for your school district is important, but curriculum is not the only thing, especially if you are going for a principal position, be on the gifted and talented council, get your hand in that work with the director or coordinator of testing or English learners or equity, or if there is no equity department in your district, read two to three to five books on equity. So when you're at an interview, you can talk about that. Even if you don't have any quote unquote direct experience, say, hey, you know, in my district, we don't have this, but I've taken it upon myself to make myself a well-rounded candidate because I know where I'm going, this may come up or I just wanna make myself a better leader. And these are the last three books that I've read. And I actually led a book study on this because you can think, well, I just didn't have that. I didn't have the opportunity to put myself in that position to learn about that. You need to put yourself in a position to learn about that. So you can be as well-rounded of a candidate. And when you get that job as well-rounded of a school leader as possible. How about you, Rachel? What's your like final thought to (laughs) candidates for the job hunt? Yeah. I'm going to circle back to something we hit on at the beginning the resume, go get that checked by other people. If you're an aspiring principal, have it checked by a building leader. I can't tell you how many teacher leaders have sent in their application with a resume that's totally shoddy, right? They left off huge pieces of their experience, their leadership that really makes them stand out, get input, get feedback. And then, hey, if you're the principal that someone's asking you for feedback on, do them justice, give them feedback and just don't say, ah, looks good. Nice job. Like, do what they're asking. Do them a favor. And Adam, you would not believe who we have with us today. We have a superintendent. I feel like I need a drum roll for this. I would love to introduce you to Zandra Joe Galvan. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? You got it right. Yes. So exciting. <laughs> and I got to tell you guys, if you are not familiar with her on social media, you need to like right now, you should start looking it up. She is a fantastic inspirational leader in Greenfield school district in Monterey County in California. So Adam, Sandra, in, welcome. Happy to introduce you guys. Yay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Super excited to have you. And people that are listening, you heard Rachel and I talk about interviewing and the, the job hunt previously. And uh, I've always been, my, my feeling about superintendents has evolved over the years. I remember when I was a teacher and a vice principal, I was like scared of the superintendent. And then <laughs> when I got to be a principal and then a director and all the other work that I've done, it's the position is such an important position and there's so much work that goes into it. And I know there are a lot of things that 
are a part of your job that are probably not your favorite thing to do as a superintendent, but hiring people, especially principals, I'm going to guess, I'm going to project is one of the most important things because those are the people that are running your schools. And I've worked at a central office as a director, and I know you and other people at the central office can have the best ideas in the world and build awesome PowerPoints and say, let's go do it. But if you don't have the leaders at the schools to implement the ideas and the work, then your ideas and those PowerPoints and all those things are really not going to go anywhere. So we're just excited to, uh, to chat with you, uh, to chat with you. So Rachel, we have a superintendent on the podcast, what's the first question that we should ask Zandra? Ooh, there's so many to pick from, but for some reason I always get fixated on the mistakes. I don't know, it probably is not a good mindset. I probably should look to the positive, but Sandra, <laughs> what is the biggest misstep that you see principal candidates, aspiring leaders, folks that are looking to move up or move laterally? What is it that they do that just gets it all messed up? Yeah, so great question. So let's let's start with that. So if someone comes into the interview process and hasn't really studied our district, like I want them to love our kids. I want them to love our district. I want them to love our community. And if you come in and you're confused about who we are and what we're all about, like our demographics are everything. Um, in Greenfield, we are breaking kids free from the cycle of poverty. Uh, we have 95% of our students that are, you know, come from a home of disadvantage. And so if you don't know that about our kids, how are you coming in ready to serve and be the leader that they absolutely deserve to break them free and provide them with all of these opportunities? So first and foremost, know who we are, study us a little bit and have some information to share about how you just uh, know much about our community. Awesome. And if I remember right, you went through your current school district, right, as a student, and now you are back in action, just paying it forward and, yeah. and breaking those barriers. You absolutely know me. Uh, so yes, so I was in a little girl that was sitting in the seat um, years ago as a five-year-old all the way through grammar school. And so it's even more important to me. Like I have a really good sniffer for good people. And so I want to make sure that you have the social emotional like backing. You have to be super smart, of course, right? You have to have organizational structure and know how to put systems into place. But in addition to that, I want you to be coachable and really know how to build relationships because I was that kid. You know, I'm a kid that's sitting in there and I want all of our kids to look to their leaders as role models because anything's possible. Like in my county, there's only 24 districts and I'm one of 24 in all of Monterey County and was a kid sitting in the chair, just like our kids. That's like amazing to be able to share that story and to see them just like today. Today's inauguration day and how wonderful it is for young females of color to be able to aspire to the presidency. You know, things like that, when you see it and you can feel it and dream it, absolutely it could become a reality. Yeah, what you can see, you have a better chance of becoming, I think. Yes. And I think that's such an important concept. Now, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on the resume. I think the resume is, I think, it's, I think it's dead. I think it's been dead for a long time, how we put our name and our address and our degrees and our experience and all these different things. And we can wordsmith them 5,000 different ways. 
what is your what's your opinion on principles and how much they put into the resume obviously it's necessary especially if if you don't know them but how do you stand out or what do you put in i mean what what is the best without yes it is your chance to at least start telling the district that you're applying to the story and the background of you but just what's your overall advice on the resume yeah, and, and you're so right, um, Adam. It is a kind of an antiquated type of a, with all the technology and things that we have, right? So I would say on a resume, just highlight the experiences that really tell a story of who you are, uh, what you've done, where you've been, and those experiences that you bring to the table are so important. And so highlighting those clearly, you know, your degrees and all that is is wonderful, it's standard, you know, um, but really about who you are and the picture you tell. And then also, um, highlighting some links, like your presence on social media is so different today. And what you do to highlight the places that you serve as an organization, if you get to be the leader of school A, then highlight that school. Like I wanna see your digital footprint, that it's that you're doing really great things for your school and celebrating kids and those that you serve. So that's really more of what it should be about. I love it. I love the fact that you brought up social media because we were just talking about that and how that's sometimes one of the go-to yeah. places that employers look to see what type of person is this, what type of leader are they and mm -hmm. how have they interacted in the past. So what are some of the things that you look for? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I look for kids. Like I look for kids at the forefront and then right now it's tough, you know, because many of us are in distance learning. So it's not as easy to capture pictures, but here in Greenfield, we do have small group um, interaction with their small group instruction that we've instituted. And so if you have that ability to highlight kids and um, take pictures of them and show them what they're doing and how they're interacting with their teachers in classrooms or just on campuses, um, that's a beautiful story to tell how you are lifting others in order to be able to serve those people. Yeah. So I've been on the other side of the table as a principal when we hire principals. And yes. I think it's a balance of coming to the interview, being professional, because being mm -hmm. a principal is a very professional job. But one of the biggest mistakes I think people don't do enough of is actually show that they're a human being and smile and laugh and talk about kids. So what advice would you give to how do you approach actually, you've gotten screened in, your resume is good, you have that first interview with 20 people, it's, it's, the, it's the school community interview, and balancing, yes, being professional, but also show people who you are, because yeah. I know I've had people that leave the interview, and I'm like, gosh, I thought they were different, and they're just like too serious in the yeah. interview. So <laughs> what is the balance you recommend? Yeah, that's a great question too. So, I mean, definitely being professional is one thing and, and you, you get a read on people when they come through and they're sitting at the table or if they're, you know, via Zoom as, as probably what we're gonna be doing in the, in the spring is you get a sense of that professionalism, but also, you know, when they're nervous and they're not able to communicate and that's okay. Like, I'm gonna always give someone a pass if you're nervous. Like, I'm not gonna ding you for that. It's the heart. I wanna see your heart come through in an interview and all of your answers should circle back to kids and lifting our families and our community and more of that servant leadership. Um, your resume is gonna show how smart you are. All your degrees are gonna show the smarts, um, you know, whatever you bring to the performance task because performance tasks are huge with me. I don't wanna just 
hear you answer a question. I want to see you can do something. So I'm going to have them do some kind of a slide deck and response and interact with technology within the, the interview. So in that sense, you'll see their command presence. They'll stand in front of a room. You know, how do you interact with people? How do you engage um, students? How do you engage your faculty is really important for me. Um, so if you come in a little nervous, don't even worry about that. Like that's totally not even going to be something on my mind because as you come through the interview, you'll learn a lot more about that person and they'll get a lot more comfortable um, with themselves and then the panel itself. Yeah, so. No, that's great. I'm so glad you brought up performance tasks. I had not even gone there uh, with any train of thought. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about that, but can you tell us more about maybe how to prepare or things that folks might encounter in case they haven't come across it before? Yeah, so generally speaking, um, what I what we do and we set up with our HR department is a couple days in advance, like if the interview's on a Wednesday, we, we release the performance task on a Friday. So they have a few days to really build out a slide deck or build out a Prezi or build out something. So we'll have a, um, a question or a prompt related to our school district, whether it's about our community or our demographics or our vision and our mission, our strategic plan, maybe our local control accountability plan here in California, that's huge. Um, and so something around content, but the innovative side, I want them to show their technology skills because everything is really about that, you know, and how we move into the 21st century and really make sure that kids are given that opportunity to thrive. And so they'll have a content component but the sky's the limit on the tech side. So that's where they get to show off. And I don't really tell them like how you, I want you to interact, but game changer for me is if they're asking questions of the panel and like interacting and like putting their game face on and like, okay, what do you think about this? And like really that engagement, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna get an A plus in that area because you study us, you care about us, you show your skills when it comes to interacting with people and that relationship clearly comes across. So yeah, so that's what I asked them to do a few days in advance. And then they email it to us or present it to us like a day before, and then we project it and then they walk us through it. Excellent. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What's your advice on, so you, the first question was getting to know the district and every district, mm -hmm. you know, the website of the district tells one story, or if, you know, if, if you're following people on social media, that tells one story, what would you recommend or would you recommend? So I'm a candidate and I'm looking at district A, B, and C, and I cold email you and say, Hey, you know, like I'm interested in your district. Can we meet? Can we talk on the phone? Can we zoom or can I talk to somebody to learn more and ask questions to see if my experience would actually be a good fit for your district? Would you recommend people doing that? Or would you be mm -hmm. like, that's too pushy. I'm busy. And I think it would depend on the personality of the superintendent, but what's your, what's your input on that? Yeah. So funny, you should say I posted a an influencer kind of a quote a few days ago, it's about going the extra, go the extra mile because it's never crowded, right? Mm. So if you're someone that goes the extra mile, you're going to get a nod from me and I'm going to raise my eyebrows a little bit and say, all right, this, this, this cat wants to learn a more, a little bit more about us and wants to go the extra mile. Um, a lot of people don't go that extra mile. They do the minimum or they meet the requirement. So loading into EdJoin, your resume and your letters of rec, and you know you study our website a little bit, but do they study our social media? Do they reach out to another principal and say, hey, 
you know, I'm thinking about interviewing. What do you think? Like, what are the three things that you're most proud of that you've been able to accomplish as a leader um, in Greenfield? Or they may drive through our town if you're, you know, close by and, and speak to some people at the local stores or some parents, you know, that are picking up kids at that school. If you go the extra mile, that's a huge impression on, on us as a district, as me, as the leader of the district. So yes, go the extra mile. It's never crowded. <laughs> I love that quote. I've even, even um, have ran across some stories of superintendents doing that, going in to all the different schools while they were interviewing in that application process, yeah. just to get a good read on the community and school district sure. at large. Really good. Absolutely. Tip. Absolutely. So, Hey, um, as we kind of wrap up, what is your one piece of advice? Like if you had to just give one kind of a gold star question, what might that be? Yeah. Hmm. So something I've been talking about right now and kind of a game changer when it comes to leadership. And so with the pandemic, we've learned a lot about ourselves as leaders, um, whether you have that emotional intelligence to tend to your people. It's kind of like Maslow's versus Bloom's, right? We're all smart by virtue of getting a degree and being able to be an administrator. But what's the unhidden part of that is how you deal with people, how you're that steadfast leader and how you build relationships and really pay attention to people's behaviors, that EQ, the emotional side of things. And when I've seen fellow superintendents or principals bow out of this job during this time, it's because it's hard, it's hard work. And so, getting employed and staying employed during a pandemic is not easy to do. So really going the extra mile with the relationship part is huge. And so that's one of um, my skills when I look for in others, like how do you tend to people before you ask them to do the heavy cognitive lifting? And so I say that because the difference between power versus authority. Uh, when I go to an interview or when I um, am on a panel observing, principles, I look for folks that have the power play. And when I say power, I want to explain to you the difference between power and authority. Authority is bestowed upon you based on your title. So I'm the superintendent of Greenfield. I have the authority to do pretty much a lot, right? As the principal of a school, you're the principal. So you have the authority to make and change and move in whatever way you want to do for your organization. Power comes from earning the respect from your people. Power comes from building those relationships by doing the little things. You get, you get power from the big things, but you get most of it from the little things. Asking a teacher, how are you doing? How's your family? You get power from asking a community member, you know, how's it going? How's that Chromebook working for you? That iPad, are you, are you okay? You doing okay? That is where you earn the respect and will always have a following that will then support you when times are good, but also when times are bad. So really the final question I would say is, um, I want a principal who has power, who has organizational respect from where they've come and they wanna continue that legacy here with Greenfield. Yeah, I love that. And Xandra, I have one more question. So Rachel okay. is a runner. I'm a runner. I know that you are a runner and everybody listening is not a runner, but <laughs> once, once, once the candidate gets the job and they become principal of the school, I know my outlet is running. I know Rachel and I, you know, from following you on social media, Xandra, I know that you like to get out there and get after it. What yeah. advice would you give to people 
you have the job, do the job really well, but also take care of yourself because the yes. job is very demanding. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be consumed and you're probably not going to last too long yeah. or be successful. What words of advice could you give to new leaders that are just taking over a building, if it's in a pandemic or not, to take care of themselves yeah. outside of the job? Yes. So work hard, but play hard. So you have to have balance. If you want to give yourself to this job, you also have to give yourself to your family, to fitness, to a healthy lifestyle and give yourself a break. Like it's okay. Gone are the days where you have to feel guilty about taking a lunch. Gone are the days where you feel guilty about taking a walk at two o'clock in the afternoon. Because why? It's going to make you a better leader. You have to have that balance because you'll get burnt out and you won't be able to survive all the things that are thrown at you. So absolutely balance, 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 and give yourself the permission. I'm that leader that expects that of my team. And I'm okay with mental health days. I'll tell you that too. If one of my principals comes to me and say, you know what, Zandra, this, it's been a tough week. You know, I'm gonna say, you know what, let's put some systems into place in Friday. You need to take Friday off. Give yourself that or give yourself that Monday because I know you'll be grateful and a better leader because of it. Yeah, yeah. That, is, uh, that is such amazing advice. Zandra, Joe Galavan, superintendent, thank you so much for coming on. All the, all the principals that are listening to this across the country. And of course, thank you NASP for helping to support this principal podcast. You can learn more about NASP at naesp.org. And Rachel and I will see you next time. The NAESP Principal Podcast is sponsored by the National Association of Elementary School Principals, supporting our nation's leaders from preschool through eighth grade. Andy Jacks here, Senior Fellow for NAESP Centers for Advancing Leadership. Whether you are looking to develop your professional learning network, extra liability coverage at a fraction of the cost, or you want to level up your professional development, NAESP has you covered. Mm -hmm.